0: Welcome to the Ridley College Chapel podcast. Our mission is to equip men and women for God's mission in a rapidly changing and increasingly complex world. For more information, visit ridley.edu.au. Ezekiel 34, verses 1 to 18. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed those who are ill, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals, And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land." I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend to them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and make them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink the clean water? Must you also muddy the rest with your faith.
1: Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John, chapter 10, and beginning at verse 11. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The high at hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. This is the gospel of the Lord.
2: So much shepherding has gone so wrong. It's an ancient problem, isn't it? Ezekiel was speaking the words of God 2,500 years ago, God declared himself against the shepherds. Against the shepherds of Israel. Verse 8, because my shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds. So much shepherding had gone so wrong. Now, Ezekiel wasn't talking about the failures of farmers, nor was it even about the failures of religious teachers. This was about failure in government. The shepherds are the kings of Israel, the rulers of Israel, and the sheep are the people they govern. The kings have been, as it were, eating the sheep instead of feeding the sheep. They have ignored the well being of the sheep and merely picked them off for their own consumption. They have exploited the people for their own enrichment. Verse 3 You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. So God turned against the shepherds, against the kings of Israel to rescue his people from their mouths. Verse 10. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths so that they may not be food for them. Their shepherding was so bad that God declared that he would have to come and shepherd them himself. That's it, God said in verses 11 to 15. I'm, I'm calling it. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. So much shepherding had gone so wrong. This is a modern problem too. Governments everywhere harvest the people to enrich themselves. In some countries it's extremely blatant. We think of the politically connected billionaires of Russia and the way they got their start by just hoovering up state-owned assets. Australia has a relatively low corruption problem, but even so, there are shepherds of Australia who eat the sheep. Our governments are persuaded to allow giant casinos in the middle of our cities and to fill our suburbs with poker machines, machines designed to prey on the vulnerable and to generate addictions. Apparently, these casinos are so indispensable that even when a series of royal commissions finds that they have committed actual crimes, they are not only allowed, but helped to keep operating. Our governments find casinos indispensable because they like the revenue. They would rather eat the sheep than feed them. So much shepherding has gone so wrong. We don't live in absolute monarchies like the kings of Israel and because the power in our society is much more dispersed, the problem of greedy shepherds is also more dispersed. Lots of us get a chance to do a little bit of greedy shepherding. So we find it in employers and we find it in union officials. We find it in schools and we find it in universities. We find it among doctors. We find it in banks. We find it in social enterprises and charities. And and most shamefully of all, we find it in churches. A greedy shepherd is anyone, I think, who uses their power over others to feed themselves from those people rather than to feed the people who are vulnerable to them. A greedy shepherd is anyone who treats other people as a a resource to be exploited, rather than a person to be cared for. Greedy shepherds revolt God. God is against them. So I think we can say that God is against employers who refuse to pay attention to the health and safety of their employees. God is against union officials who spend the union funds on luxuries and personal political advancement. God is against school teachers who ignore the needs of the children in front of them. He's against university lecturers who humiliate their students. God is against doctors who prize themselves into luxury markets and refuse to help the vulnerable. God is against banks who trap people in high-interest loans. God is against insurance companies who refuse to pay claims on subtle technicalities. But I dare say above all this, God is against... Church pastors who prey on believers to line their pockets, to satisfy their lusts, and to beef up their egos. This is the worst thing of all. Because those are the very people, we are the very people, called out, set apart, Trusted to provide a contrast to all the shepherding going so wrong. According to 1 Peter 5, we are under shepherds of the chief shepherd, the new king that God has appointed. We are the first place that God's style of kingdom, God's style of rule is supposed to be busting out into the world. The ideal is that you should see it in the church first. You, you should experience this kind of shepherding in the church first, in the, in the gathered community of God's people. You should be being fed rather than eaten, being served by your leaders rather than used up by them, being known as a person and not viewed as a as a growth statistic, or. Or a possible source of funds. Not for sordid gain, Peters put it. You should feel its contours, you should be able to inhabit it and, and know not just in theory what good shepherding is like, but know what it's like to be loved like that. In a Christian community like this college or your churches at home, you should get to practice on each other as well. According to the roles you have, the the power and influence you have, you can lay down your lives for each other. And then after we are sent out outside of the church, the world should see this in all Christian people wherever they go next, because they will manage their company or teach their students or care for their patients or address safety issues or train up their grandchildren or administer bank loans or provide legal advice or process insurance claims. They will do whatever they do after the pattern of our chief shepherd, the king of our kingdom. Each and every Christian person in our own sphere of influence Should be an infestation of good shepherding. You should be holding out morsels of social justice to a hungry world. You are an hors d'oeuvre of the food available from Christ the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And again in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I laid down my life for the sheep. And again in verse 17, I laid down my life in order to take it up again. And verse 18, no one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. It's so central, he says it four times. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. That is good shepherding. And what a contrast to the usual use of power. The bad kings eat the sheep and otherwise ignore them. The hired hand abandons the sheep rather than fight off the wolf. But the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Lays down her life for the sheep. He risks everything to get between the sheep and the wolf. This is this is both the heart of the gospel and the heart of the Christian life. It's both the main thing that Jesus did for you And the main thing Jesus calls you to do for others. Because although he had all of the power in the universe, he used every bit of it for you, even though it killed him. And so, although you have only a relatively little amount of power, you should consider whom you hold under authority, whom you impact. And use every bit of it for their good, even if it kills you. If you see a wolf, if you work for a wolf, get between them and the sheep. And so more and more people will experience a taste of good shepherding, you see maybe even develop a liking for it that leads them back to the eternal source. Hey, you may have spied a problem. This isn't a sustainable model, right? If we all go out there and we're dead this week, this will be a very quiet chapel next week. And that's true. you know, even that scenario isn't actually a catastrophe because the good shepherd not only has the power to lay down his life but to take it up again. And he has the same power for you. No exploitation of his sheep will be allowed to have the final word. No destruction of his under-shepherds will be allowed to have the final word. For he came that we may have life and life abundantly. He is the resurrection and the life. what the apostles saw in their own lives and in the lives of their churches was was something more mysterious and yet more immediate as well. They saw the resurrection power of Jesus not only as a promise for eternity, but a present experience, delivering them in small ways as well. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I die every day. And yet he lived for a while. They saw their lives as a series of mini dramas, kind of reenacting the death and resurrection of Jesus in ways big and small until it was reenacted in the biggest way possible. I always carry in my body the death of Jesus, he said, so that the life of Jesus may be visible in my mortal flesh. 2 Corinthians. All his sufferings had meaning as echoes of the death of Jesus. And all his joys had meaning as echoes of the resurrection of Jesus. And so, whether we suffer or whether we rejoice, we feed the sheep, we refuse to eat them, and we get between the sheep and the wolves. So much shepherding has gone so wrong. Good shepherding is rare, and often strangely invisible, because justice is invisible, good conduct is invisible. It's It's merely as expected, taken for granted. It is injustice that arrests our attention and raises our blood pressure. It's bad conduct that seizes our thoughts. So, when a woman, a simple Christian woman, spends 70 years holding the reins of power for many nations, and never once flexes them for her own advantage. It might not occur to us that there was another way to occupy that role. We might even imagine it was a system that was bulletproof. But many systems of government look sound while you have a good shepherd at the helm. It is the shepherds who eat the sheep who expose the weak points in your system. There are better systems and there are worse systems. Wise shepherds will put in place better systems better checks and balances, better recourse to justice, better accountability for leaders. Because they are trying to protect even future sheep from future wolves. We should be doing that in our churches with particular diligence. That's why we do child safety training and explain to people about Kiora and so on. But in the end, every system is vulnerable to being broken by greedy shepherds. The deepest need of every human being, the deepest need of the entire human race is for God to come and shepherd us himself. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. And so while I thank God for the good shepherding we receive from Elizabeth, our late queen. We beg him to end the precarious nature of that gift, saying, Come, Lord Jesus.